You're listening to the Women Inspiring Women podcast. Each week, network marketing professional and mom-turned-entrepreneur Melanie Mitro gives you her tried-and-true tips for building a business from your kitchen table. This self-made millionaire went from a stay-at-home mom to the top of a network marketing business in just three years. She built an online health and fitness business from the ground up while raising babies and juggling being a mom and wife. Now she wants to help you become the boss of your own life. For blog posts, business tips, and more, check out her website at melaniemitro.com. Now let's get to the show. Here's your host, Melanie Mitro. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Women Inspiring Women podcast. I am super excited about our special guest today, which is actually one of my very, very best friends in the whole wide world, um, Katie Ersta. Hi, everyone. Her and I have been doing business together and doing life together for the past six years now. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually met each other in college. We were both a part of the same sorority. When we went to Pitt Johnstown, we were both um, ASA sisters, and we sort of knew each other but didn't really know each other. We were just kind of acquaintances. We watched each other kind of dance on tables and, <laughs> and have a good time. But we, uh, we had connected on Facebook, actually, probably after, at some point after we had graduated, mm-hmm. and, um, and you had been sort of following my journey, kind of in the dark. I didn't actually know that that you had been following my my journey through my health and fitness, and we ran into each other at a local restaurant, and I remember you coming up to me and, and telling me about how you were doing this insanity workout program after you had had your son, and we just kind of basically connected a little bit there, but a few weeks later, you showed up at my fit club. And, um, and came to work out with, with a bunch of us that were doing these live workouts together. And so, you know, as we kind of kick off today, we're going to talk a little bit about storytelling and, and a little bit about, about you and, um, and how you sort of grew into this storyteller. But before we do that, I really want people to know you. Um, and I really want people to just kind of know a little bit about who you are and then what drew you to that fit club that day. All right. So first of all, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. You know that I'm a huge fan of this podcast and and what you're doing um, outside of the amazing organization that you have grown. So just a little bit of background. I am actually a teacher by trade. I taught middle school. So if that doesn't give you a little inkling into my personality, um, I am a little bit off my rocker to be doing that. People always tell me that I'm crazy to be teaching middle schoolers, but I loved it. I loved my job as a teacher. I really truly believe I could have been satisfied as a teacher. Um, to retirement. I really enjoyed what I did. I loved the kiddos. I loved having my classroom. I loved designing my own curriculum. But like so many careers, there were just these, these parts of the job that were incredibly difficult. At the time, whenever Melanie and I had reconnected, I had a son. He was, oh gosh, this was six years ago, so he was two. And he was a daycare. Um, And I was working as a teacher, and many of you guys, and I know a lot of people who probably listen to this podcast are educators, and they know firsthand that uh, teaching is a work of heart. It is a lot of hard work, and the pay is is just 
not great. And my husband and I had great jobs. We loved what we did, but we were really living paycheck to paycheck. And um, that was hard. And I remember on one occasion going to the grocery store buying, I think it was honestly, I think it was a cliche diapers and milk kind of thing. Went to the grocery store and my debit card got declined. And I remember the guy, I think his name was Frank, because I remember looking at his name tag with my fingers crossed being like, please let this be okay. And he just said insufficient funds. And that was just, the, I, I pulled out my credit card to put two things on my credit card. And I walked out of there and I just remember thinking like, how does anyone get ahead? You know, you have these great jobs, you have this great career, you went to school for four years. I was actually still in school for my master's degree. I loved it. But I was like, this, this isn't adding up. You know, I'm supposed to be doing well. Like I went to school for this long to be just getting by. It just didn't seem right. And to be putting my son in daycare every day and picking him up and just, there was almost like a wheel to it, right? Like everything was mundane. It was the same thing every day, go to bed, start the cycle all over again, live for the weekend. And to be honest, I started to get into the mindset of that is just how life works. That is, that is what you do. And, uh, when I found Melanie doing this thing, um, on social and talking about her workouts and, and making her health a priority. And there I was doing my own workouts at home and making my own routine. I thought about one thing that, that was different and that was, uh, she looked genuinely happy, you know, like she looked like she was enjoying it and she didn't look like she was living this life of getting by. She didn't look like she was on a hamster wheel. And I have to say, um, I really, really could have been incredibly satisfied as a teacher had it not been for that feeling of, I need to do more than get by. And that pressure of finances was something that just was eating at me. It, it, that guilt of, I'm dropping my kid off, I'm working all these hours, I'm pouring into kids that aren't my own. Um, and I just knew that there was more. And so if it's okay, I'll kind of go into the fact that this was six years ago, you guys. Um, and I had no intention of leaving the classroom when I built it. Um, I had no intention of building it to what it, ha it has become, uh, this substantial income that it has become. But I really felt like I just needed to do a little bit extra every day to sort of grow it. And so over the past six years, I've gone from being that teacher who's wondered how you can do more than just get by and have become more of the entrepreneur who is more like, um, how can I do a little bit more? How can I give a little bit more? How can I help a little bit more? And that's where I've seen the major shift in my own life. Yeah. So even coming into, you know, that first day that you walked in and we had a conversation about the business, were you like, what were you thinking in your mind? Were you like, I just want to pay a little bit of the groceries or I just want to cover the cost yeah. of my product? Like is what was kind of going through your mind as you were like, I'm going to start an online social business on top of, you know, raising my yeah. family. You know, it's funny. I actually call myself like an accidental entrepreneur because I literally didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I just really looked at the black and white of it. I didn't try to like create all these gray areas of what about this circumstance and how do we explain this? I just 
put one foot in front of the other. And so when I hear people talk about when you create a business, you have to go out with this grand why of creating um, you know, substantial wealth for yourself or you, know, you have to have this big vision of where you want to go. You guys, my vision was I don't want my credit card or my debit card to get declined at the grocery store because that is mortifying to me like people could see me there I'm a teacher in the district I don't want to feel that it was so basic and so over time and I think this is key Melanie I just I really think you develop a why that grows as your business grows so you don't necessarily have to start out with this grand vision of where you want to go you can start off with the grand vision of I just want to get the product that I'm working towards paid for. Um, you know what? I just want to be able to pay for the gas in my car. I just want to be able to afford a date night with my husband. And why can't that be good enough? Why does it have to be something so grand when we start? Sure, it can grow to that. But starting off, this business, whatever your business is, is what you want it to be. Right, right. And and so, you know, I know I'm kind of going a little off topic, but I just, I want to kind of dive into this. I bet you there are people on here that are going to be listening to this episode that have just started, that are working full time. Do you remember what your priorities were, like what activities that you did and how you kind of did them throughout the day when you were working full time? Absolutely. So no matter what you're doing, and I think I'm talking to a lot of people who sort of have an outline of business growth. So whether you're involved with network marketing, or you're running your own Etsy shop, or you're your, your own boss, so to speak, there is probably some type of vital behavior that you need to follow. And by vital behavior, it is um, the basic tools that you need to do every day to be able to grow your business and, and be able to sustain it and, and, and potentially like leave the full-time position that you're in, whatever it is that you want to do. But no matter what, following that basic outline and having some sort of um, map into where you want to go. So for me personally, it was about inviting people into what I was doing. So when I, when I started, it was just sharing with people a little bit of my story and telling them how the products and the programs that I was using were impacting me so that they too would start to see their own um, identity in what I was doing. And then it was about personal development. Um, so this, for me, working full-time, gosh, I would be in the car and I would be listening to podcasts or um, I would be listening to company calls in the car or, you know, on my lunch break, I would, I would plug into getting my emails done. And I think a lot of people think in order to be successful and to grow anything um, really amazing, it takes all of this time. But we can be so intentional about our time. We don't necessarily have to work a ton of hours to get the job done and there's there's a shift a change I can feel with my own organization that it's just about intention and with social we have to be intentional with what we're doing. yeah yeah I agree with you because otherwise it's just so you get so distracted yeah. it's, it's loud it's it so is really loud, loud. it yeah. is loud it is loud okay so we've really kind of stuck on the beginning of your story but yeah. 
there is a lot that goes into your story and who you've become. So, you know, about a year, was it about a year into, yeah, two years. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about um, your life and then how that affected your business over the past six years. Sure. Absolutely. So there I was, uh, I was actually pregnant with my second son, Dominic. And um, I really wanted to be able to extend a maternity leave. So I had this goal uh, monetary uh, or uh, income wise of where I needed to be to be able to extend that maternity leave. And um, when I met the goal, I was actually, I was so excited about that, but my health, something was just off with, with me. You know, I, I just didn't feel right. I was having trouble with my workouts. My hormones were really off. And so I went to the doctor and I was actually diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a type of blood cancer. And when people see me now uh, who didn't know me then, they have such a hard time like believing what I've been through until they look back at some of those pictures. But you know, at the time, I had um, two kids, uh, four and four months, actually Nick wasn't even four, four and four months old, and uh, we, we had to shift our health insurance, and um, we had medical bills. And so on top of being sort of strapped, because I had taken this extended maternity leave, we now had um, seen a cut in our income, and I really knew that I had to lean into the business. And in a question that I just asked a friend, I said, you know what, I'm a coach, but I'm going to be sick, I'm going to be bald, I'm going to be pale. Who would want me as a coach? And one answer uh, changed everything. She said, everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody, Katie, is going to want you as a coach. And when I leaned into her response, I realized this became bigger than just a paycheck or this became bigger than just extending a maternity leave. And it wasn't until there was a shift in my story, a shift in my own life, that I started to understand the bigger picture of what this business could become, what my business could become. And that is when I started to see a change in my why and why it mattered. It was not just about me anymore. It was about sweating for something bigger. It was about the ability that my feet, um, you know, they hit the floor in the morning and I was blessed enough to be able to work out. So I was going to work out and it was about sweating for clarity. It was about sweating for strength through the chemo treatments. And on the days that I was too sick to sweat, I started to see that people were gravitating to that story and they were like, I got you, Katie, I'm going to sweat for you today. And then it just became something bigger. So from that, we started to see this trend of people starting to sweat for something bigger. And we just started to see that maybe sweating wasn't just about calories burned or you know getting the six pack or losing the weight but it was really about something bigger and if you didn't have the motivation to do it for yourself sometimes it was just hearing about somebody who's sitting in a chemo chair who would do anything to be able to go down to the basement or go to that spin class or go to that yoga uh, studio and work out and your excuse is that you just don't feel like it it's almost like we were invalidating excuses left and right. And yeah. so we started a side company and it's called Every Sweat Matters. And we do give a portion of the proceeds back, 50% of the proceeds go back to charities. Um, we've donated at this point close to $100,000 um, based on t-shirt sales and based on mug sales. And um, it's just this concept of just, it, it matters. Mm-hmm. And it's so much bigger than just, what I started as getting the groceries paid for. 
it's incredible. I mean, it's just incredible to watch how much your life has transformed and the person that you've become. And sometimes I wonder, like, did you ever realize that this is where you were going to be today? You know, it's like, it's crazy to look back at it. Right. You know, but yeah. you have a gift, you have an incredible, incredible gift. It's one of the things that I admire about you is your ability to, to move people with stories and yeah. you do a great job and you've done that the whole time that you were going through chemo treatment. Um, and after you just, I don't know, you just have this gift of moving people, evoking emotion, um, whether it's laughter, joy, tears, peace, empowerment, you know, you really do lift people up and, um, and you're just, and you're also amazing at helping people to find their story too. So, um, I want to kind of talk a little bit about that. Do you, do you feel like that storytelling part has always come natural to you? Well, I've always loved stories from the time I was little. I was that girl who would go to the library and I would pick those choose your own adventures because I loved sort of being in charge and seeing myself in the role of characters, mm -hmm. which shouldn't surprise many people that I chose reading as my career. So mm -hmm. I were reading education. And so at my job as a teacher was to take middle school students and get them to fall in love with literature. And this was a challenge, but I started to understand that the, the way you get people to love um, reading mm -hmm. is because you have to have them see themselves in the story. They have to, in some way, connect to the hero of the story and start to see themselves as somebody that just like the story, the person, the character in the story, they too can overcome. They too can take those problems, those conflicts and rise above. And I love the challenge of taking those hesitant readers and getting them to fall in love with literature. So when I look at social and people tell me like, Katie, you're so good at storytelling. It's because I feel like I've just, God kind of positioned me in a, a place where I could craft that skill wow. and continue to harness that skill and to connect to my audience. So when I, I think of people who often give me the, this, and this is what I get a lot. I get people saying to me, I don't have a story. Uh-huh. Yes. You really do. Everybody has a story. If you have lung in or breath in your lungs, you have a story. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we don't want to connect our story to our reality. Or sometimes we we think, well, it has to be something like cancer or it has to be something like poverty or overcoming really hard times. We all are overcomers. We all have things that we have worked through and it's about digging into that part of who you are that is shaping the person you become. You know, I gotta be honest with you too. I really think that people assume that their story is their given circumstance. So a lot of people just assume Katie's story is her cancer. No, that's like the first draft. That is like a small section of the chapters that I am writing. It's not my entire uh, story. My story is how I use the things that happen to me to work through it and, and to overcome those circumstances because that's where your character is created. A lot of times I'll go back and I'll look at the post that I created four or five years ago and I barely recognize that person, not because of cancer, not because of one circumstance, but because I've been busy writing the story of my life wow. and because I believe the story matters. 
-hmm. And because if I start to acknowledge that I'm growing as a person because of my circumstances, that's how you write an amazing story. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Okay. So people that are listening right now, you know, are, are, think, are probably starting to think about, okay, what's my story? What's my story? And, and maybe they're going to discredit this and they're going to say, okay, is it really essential? Like, do I really need to have a story and be able to tell stories in order to build my business? Like, do you feel that that is an essential part of growing, whether it's brick and mortar or it's an online social media business? I think to grow anything meaningful, you have to apply a piece of who you are, a part of your story. You have to apply why it matters to you, to what um, you're trying to share with other people. You know, a lot of people do attempt to grow a business and just state facts, but we all know we connect to the story of why the product or whatever it is actually matters. And here's where I see it is key. You know, and I'm going to give you guys in kind of in closing today, Mel, I'm going to give you three of the key elements that I sort of test out when I'm getting ready to share my story. Okay. But there was a moment when I was listening to a Donald Miller story brand podcast where he gave a social media entrepreneurs sort of a gut check. And he said, where are you positioning yourself? Are you positioning yourself as the hero of the story or are you positioning yourself as a guide? in somebody else's story. And what he went on to say is everybody is their own hero. You know, you are, you are the hero of your own story. And while it might be incredible to watch other people succeed at their story, unless we connect it back to what they want and to, to what they want to be able to achieve, then all we're doing is we're creating this noise. It's kind of like a so what factor. Right. So if you look at your business and you say, for example, I work with a lot of coaches who do workouts and they post their workout in the morning and then they don't tell anything about it. They, they just share their workout. So what? Right. So what? You're the hero of your story. Congratulations. High five on your workout. But how did you teach the people who are watching you and looking at you for guidance um, mm -hmm. how to apply it to their own life? And so I look at it this way, too. It's almost as if um, I read The Hunger Games with my kiddos. So it's almost as if you want to be a Hamish to someone, not a Katniss. You want to be a Yoda to someone, not a Luke. People are their own Luke. You want to be the Yoda. And that means you're sharing your story, but you have to be purposeful with why you're sharing it. Why does your story matter? Mm -hmm. So it's about the fact that you have tools that you have skill, that you have a solution to their problem. So it's one thing to be a storyteller who's not trying to sell anything. But if you wanna see your sales increase, if you wanna see your revenue go up, you have got to bring it back to your consumer. You have got to be the real deal in letting them know, listen, I get you, I get what you're throwing down, I know your problem, and you know what? I have a solution for you. So can I put you on the spot? <laughs> Will you give an, a good, an example of that? Of if, Of like where you told the story and then maybe you get like how like you did yeah. So not every post, some posts are just a little bit of your story, but you want to get someone to see themselves in your role. So even this morning I did a post and I said, you know what? I was that girl who stepped on the scale with one foot instead of two. I was that girl who licked too much of the cake batter. I was that girl 
but I'm not that girl anymore. And I started to see that my worth is determined by more than my weight. I am rooting for you. Hashtag elimination experience. So I'm doing two things. I told them my story. This is where I was. And then the second thing that I said was, I'm rooting for you. Mm-hmm. And I didn't try to get them to buy anything. There wasn't a sign-up link. It was just letting them know, I've been in your shoes. I know where you are. And I also want you to know that I care enough about you to let you know that I'm rooting for you. Mm-hmm. And then what I do, and this is just kind of an insider tip, um, I have like a hashtag that is personal to me, that works for me. And I don't want, you know, I don't want to necessarily say like use that same one, but I think of elimination experience for um, my, my, my job. And elimination experience is about eliminating the pressure you put on yourself to be something that you're not. Eliminating the toxic relationships that you have. Eliminating the sugar in your diet. Eliminating... Um, the other things in your life that hold you back from where you really are. And so even if you look on Instagram or you look on social media and you start seeing elimination experience, it keeps coming up. You know, if I'm even just putting it out, it's just almost as if, you know how when you see a Pepsi commercial and I don't drink, I don't drink soda or pop or anything, but after you see it so many times, you start to go, I've got a lot of Pepsi. Eventually somebody's going to say, what is this elimination experience? I need to look into that. And it's just about being a consistent person to somebody else. Like being that consistent message. I'm rooting for you. Elimination experience. I get where you've been. Yeah. Does that help? It does. And then you're really connecting certain characteristics, you know, whether body image or food issues. And so you're targeting a specific group of individuals that struggle with those characteristics, which, because I know you, is also a part of your why and some of the things that you have struggled with in your past experiences as far as... I have to add to that too. You're not going to love every story you read. You're not going to connect to every author. You're not going to connect to every character. Just like with literature, you don't always connect. And even if you read it, you can say, oh, that was good, but you forget it, right? But every once in a while, you find an author that you connect to and you fall in love with it. And you fall in love with the plot, the story, the characters, the trials, the, like the, how the character overcomes. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a matter of connecting with the right audience, not with everyone. You right. will not be everything to everyone. You yeah. Won't, you won't right. be everybody's cup of tea. You're and just everybody like, wants to cast that awesome. Yeah. yeah, and you don't want to cast a wide net. You no. want your net to be specific because that's yeah. what you can pour into the most and relate yeah, to. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Right. Okay, so let's give some people some practical sort yeah. of tips, like key elements to telling a story that they can implement right now. All right, so I'm going to give you three key elements, and this is going to be a gut check. So when you go through this, you might say, oh, that didn't feel so good, or oh, she laid a truth bomb down, and oh, she kind of hurt my feelings, and you're going to be okay because I'm really focused on helping you become the guide instead of trying to always be the hero. You're awesome, but your role as somebody who's trying to sell a product through sharing a story is to make sure you're connecting with your audience. So number one, um, I call this the so what factor. Number one is what's my purpose? Do I tell my story while putting them in as the hero instead of me as the hero? So if you go through your own posts, whether you're on Instagram or you're on Facebook or maybe you're on Twitter or you know maybe you're a blogger, 
Are you providing people with real life tips, real life examples of, of things that they can implement into their own life so that they can start becoming the hero? So when people see your stuff on social, they stop. You know, they don't just scroll over you. And some people will, because remember, we're not trying to please everybody. But when people scroll, they stop and they say, she connected. She just talked to me. And a lot of times, the gut check is when people will actually message you or comment and they'll say, you are speaking right to me. And you're like, yes, I am, because I'm doing my job. Mm -hmm. The second thing is the so wow factor. And that is, does it make me want to go back and read as the author? Okay. So here is a gut check for you. You know how when you post something, you post and you forget about it. Uh -huh. If you post and you forget about it, somebody else just forgot about it too. But if you post and you say, I really actually want to go back and read my own words because I need my own words. I need Katie to guide me so it's almost as if you're speaking right to yourself. And there are times when I post something, and even if it doesn't get a lot of traction, but I go back and read it and I say, I needed my words today. I needed to read this for me today. That is a so wow factor. If you never go back and read your stuff, if you never go back and read your blogs, if you never go back, no one else is going back. You want to remember that. And number three, so well worded. So number three is, am I clear? Do I have a clear message that I want to connect with my audience? So for me, I think about elimination experience, right? So I wrote up in my blog, um, you can just go to katierista.com and just search the wellness center. I wrote up what I really believe an elimination experience to be, like what I wanted it to be. And I really wanted to talk about freedom from the scale. I wanted to talk about freedom from dieting. I wanted to talk about freedom from this yo-yo mentality of being up and down and, and, and just feeling like you're unworthy, you know, or feeling like your weight determines your worthiness. And uh, I wrote all of that. And so when I post, that is clear in the message that I am trying to convey to other people. And I always go back and in my own head, because it's a jumbled mess most of the time, I go back and I use that hashtag elimination experience partly for two reasons, because of the consistency that I mentioned before. And the other reason is so I can gut check myself and say, am I describing what I believe to be an elimination experience? Wow. You're so what? You're so well. And um, you're, or I'm sorry, you're so wow. And you're so well worded. Wow. That's perfect. I love it. I, those are great tips. So people that are listening to this, right? You know, there are going to be people that, um, that are not going to succeed at, at implementing this. Why are you going to be a pessimist like that? <laughs> well, I want, I always want people to be on that other end and kind of say, okay, I want to safeguard myself against some of the things that people fail at when they storytell. Like I almost want them to think of that ahead of time. Yeah. So as people are going through this process, you know, what causes them to fail at storytelling? So they know ahead of time when they sort of feel themselves going that way, they can stop. Yeah. And maybe um, some of the things we already talked about too. Right. When you're patting yourself on the back without purpose, mm -hmm. that's number one. When you're telling a story just because you're trying to check something off the box is something to do. I know a lot of people when they 
they believe for their social. I, I mean, when we started, it was like post three, three to five times a day. Melanie, I can post one time a day, but if it's a good post, that's all I need. Right. Um, but I think a lot of times people will do it just to check it off the box. And if it feels like it's just a check off the box, you're probably not doing it with intention. Mm -hmm. And then the third is, um, are you setting yourself up as the guide on somebody else's story? Like, are you setting yourself up not as the hero, but as the guide to help somebody else on their journey? Okay, so explain that. All right, so back to StoryBrand. What I was saying about StoryBrand is when you, when you position yourself as the hero, somebody else says, well done, congratulations for you. So I'll kind of put you in the spot, right? So we know that you know you have been incredibly successful with your your business, your organization. And if you were posting about being the top of the top of the top again and again and again, but you weren't allowing people to believe that they could do it without giving people tips or hints or or, or I don't know, like ideas for how they can do it, guess what you just did? Congratulations, you're the hero of the story. So what? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you have to be intentional with, this is my story. This is what I've been through, but I'm rooting for you. I'm yeah. rooting for you and I believe you can do it. Yeah. And, and so it's more than just like a pat yourself on the back yeah. and actually sharing tips. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. You can pat yourself on the back. Yeah. You know, a lot of us, we don't, we, we humbly don't succeed or tell, you know, what we've achieved. And sometimes that can work against us, but when we, um, when we humbly tell people what we've achieved, but we remind them that we're telling them that for a reason, because mm -hmm. we're rooting for them to win too, we are no longer just the hero of our own story. We're guiding someone on the beginning of their journey. Yeah. And I, I really do think that's the part that people miss a lot of yeah. times is sharing those little tips and it can be anything, anything right. in your business down to the point. And people know that you fail too, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think sometimes people are like, wow, she's been doing this for so long. It just comes easy. You have to sometimes remind your audience that it doesn't. You know, that you're failing. You know, for example, I, I put out this post yesterday and I was talking to my coaches and I was like, I don't know why this isn't working. I'm so frustrated. You know, it's not getting traction. It's a great post. And it's just a matter of saying, I'm failing at this too. You know, I'm failing forward this, but this, I'm learning at this. And because I'm learning at this, I'm becoming better so that I can provide the tips and tools for the people who are joining my organization. Yeah, that's awesome. Being real, just being real about it too. And, you know, as you're going through the process of building a business, learning how to tell your story, learning how to craft your purpose, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head. You are going to fail your way forward. And people listening right now are going to go out there and try this. And they're not going to succeed the first time. Maybe their post isn't going to get a lot of, of traction. So as we kind of like wrap this up, what sort of tips can you give people or just kind of encouragement or, or motivation to see this through and interweave this into, into their business? Uh, and I, I always feel like it's such a cliche to say it or like I belong in a kindergarten classroom when I say it, but it's, it truly is just being authentic being yourself. And one of the things that I have truly learned to do, and I was, I was telling, I think it was in our bigger organizational team and somebody was asking me about the numbers that I had hit last month. And they asked me how, and I said, I feel like that girl from 16 candles and you've never seen the movie. Okay. So now I'm like really speaking my age, but in 16 candles, there's this girl 
in this crazy neck brace and she's there for comic relief, but she can't see anything to the left and right of her. And she's just kind of like in this neck brace and she keeps trying to take a drink out of the water fountain. She can't even get it. And then it's really a funny thing, but it's so, so honest. If we're so busy looking at somebody else's story, we forget what our own is. Mm -hmm. So for me, that means I am intentionally turning it off. I am intentionally scrolling. I, I follow certain people and I'm a business owner. So guess what else I do? I unfollow. I unfollow a lot of people and not because they're not awesome or, or they don't have value to add, but they're not adding the right value for me. So I think it's also really important that you say, am I being deterred by somebody or am I being like, uh, empowered by somebody and it's okay to unfollow and unfriend and unclick or whatever you need to do to find your authentic voice yeah yeah because sometimes you find your sometimes we'll see people that are posting and you're like that's not even you like I feel like that's somebody else's story that you're telling it's not your personality right, right. Mm -hmm. yeah it's and so so, okay, so one of the last things is you always talk about um, your story matters. Um, yeah. And that's, that's something that I hear you repeat over and over again. And I know there are people out there that think that their story doesn't matter, uh, that it has to be some big success story or some horrible past experience in their life that they've wrote, risen from. Um, but will you just kind of talk from the heart about your story matters? I don't know. I just, I, I just really... I genuinely believe that people get so scared to tell their story because they just don't think it's great enough, right? Mm -hmm. And so here I am, I'm in the middle of trying to write this book and I have said to, to you, I've said to my friend Taylor, I have said to other people like, I just sometimes forget that just one person needs it. And we can get so consumed with everybody wanting to like us and everybody wanting to hear us and everybody getting our message. When that's not really what we're called to do, we're called to, set, to, to share our story to one, right? And, and maybe that one person you never know you impact. And I'm going to close with this because this is kind of like a story that just happened. You know, I, I moved into a new house, Melanie. I moved into a new house, what, like six months ago or seven months ago, and, and a neighbor had come up. We met her. Her child is the same age as my son, Nick. They started to play together and she invited me to coffee the other day. And I thought it was like very nice, a neighborly thing to do. So I went over to her house and um, I drank coffee and she goes, I need to tell you something. And I was like, oh boy, <laughs> you know, I don't know why, but I immediately, my stomach sank. And she said, um, my sister is in the middle of battling cancer. And a few months ago, somebody bought a shirt for me that said every sweat matters. And I looked at you when um, you had just moved in and I said to my husband, I think that is the girl from that company, Every Sweat Matters. And she, she was like, I just, I had no idea that you were local and I had no idea that you were um, right in my neighborhood. And uh, I just want you to know that your story impacted me and um, that I, I've used your story so many times to battle for my sister. You know, my sister can't sweat, so I'm going to sweat for her. I am able to sweat, so I'm going to sweat, and I just have to thank you for your message. And I just sat there, Melanie, and I thought, you know, in a time when I'm looking at ESM and where it's going and what it means, and I go, I forgot that it mattered, mm -hmm. and it wasn't about me. Like, when it, you can say that my story isn't about me anymore, but about what my story can do for somebody else, that's when you start to tell it very briefly. Wow. 
That is so powerful. That is incredible. So where can people find you if they want to follow you and learn more about your story and what you do? Yeah. So I, I tend to be pretty good about IG stories over on one fit fighter. And I also am on Facebook under Katie Ursa. It's K A T Y. My mother just really wanted to make it as <laughs> difficult for me as possible. And just Katie And every Thursday or Friday you will see a business tip blog. I just came out with a new blog called The Business Sirens, which has gotten a lot of positive feedback too. So you should definitely check it out if you're working towards building that business. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for giving Thanks for having me. I appreciate you giving me your time and sharing your your tips on on storytelling. You do an incredible job and um, I'm excited to watch your business continue to grow and lots of opportunities to bless you in your life. So Thank you for for being um, my guest today. So guys, you can listen to this. It'll be up on MelanieMitro.com under the little podcast episodes tab. And then again, if you guys ever have suggestions or future topics that you want to hear, go ahead and send me an email at MJMitro at gmail.com. So I will see you guys next week for our next episode. Bye, everybody.